This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's podcast episode, I have the incredible Erin. Erin is a past client of ours who's been, well, worked with us for off and on for quite some time. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast for her to share her story. Welcome, Erin. Hello. <laughs> How are you going? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. First <laughs> podcast. How are you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how are you feeling? Um, I feel a little nervous, but I'm all right. <laughs> that is a-okay. Totally normal. Today's conversation is going to be really just delving into your own story and I guess like your relationship with food, your body and how that's evolved over time. And I know it's yeah. like, it's a long, big story, but I know it's mm-hmm. like going to be of massive value and benefit to the listeners. So I want to kind of just dive in straight away. First of all, let's get to know you a little bit more. So tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do? What are you into? All of that. Ah, the joyous questions asking you, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm Erin. I am from Adelaide. Um, I've lived here most of my life. I did spend a lot of time traveling with my family. Um, we traveled the country um when I was growing up and so I spent a lot of time in a lot of different places and seen a lot experienced a lot and then yeah we came back to Adelaide and pretty much been here ever since <laughs> awesome and um, sorry yeah. sorry where no, did you go to travel where did you live um we actually lived in a bus oh wow so oh, okay so you yeah. guys yeah we um my dad had like built a motorhome um I was like three at the when we did our first trip so we lived in that for a year and a half, um, did like Northern Territory, Western Australia, um, South Australia. And then when I was 10, we did it again and then worked our way up like Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, and ended up living in Cairns for a little while. So yeah, cool. um, been around. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> mm, it was great. <laughs> and so what are you doing at the moment? Um, I'm just currently finished my nursing degree so thank goodness for that um so now I'm a registered nurse and just doing my grad year at the moment in a med surgical ward so it's been very very busy and lots of learning but yeah getting the hang of it (laughs) yeah in Australia here we have such a shortage of nurses not necessarily Mm. actual nurses but the government let's not go into this too much but oh, unfortunately no. <laughs> funding in our hospitals here is actually terrible so yeah. our, our medical staff are just like on overdrive working crazy amounts of hours which I know you did throughout your mm. time with me as well and it is so hard to just to have a normal life outside of work when you're doing it night is. shift and then doing you know shifts all day you're on your feet like it's actually so bad it is. And it's really hard to find that balance between, um, you know, maintaining a, a healthy like diet and, you know, trying to get in a normal exercise routine. Like when that's something that you you know, your fo- focus is so strongly um, in at, at this point in time. And 
um, yeah, the, just the shift work and the stress during the shifts as well lately have um, really taken a like a toll at times, but <laughs> we're all in the same boat at the moment and, yeah, we just got to keep on pushing on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so important to be realistic with the expectations you place on yourself with how your lifestyle is. And I say this so much with our girls. We actually have a lot of women that are shift workers and that are nurses and they struggle with the same thing. And it's like, well, listen, if you are sleep deprived because you've just worked overnight, like you need to be realistic with how many times a week you're going to be able to train or actually is a training session right now going to do you like more bad than it is good because you're already stressed and fatigued. And that can be really difficult, but it's about balancing and finding out kind of what you, what you can, what, how fitness and nutrition can add to your life in those aspects, as opposed to it draining more of your energy and really just making you run on empty. And it's, it's really hard. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cause I, even throughout my degree, like I was so busy working two jobs at the time studying and I just, I look back on it now and I'm like, how the hell did I manage to do that on top of trying to like maintain my own health and a social life? And it just, um, yeah, it's been, it's been tricky, but you know, it's where I want to be. And I guess trying to manage with um, training as well. It's been a very um, touch and go process. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes like just it does, it doesn't, like we have to take away energy from our health sometimes at different seasons in our life. And although that's not ideal is if we can look at it like, you know, this is just for a short period of time, we really always want to make sure that we're prioritizing our health, but sometimes it's just like survival. Like we just need to get through this season of our life so that we then have more time to be able to focus on ourselves and actually looking after ourselves. But the problem is, is sometimes we don't do that and it just prolongs year after year after year after year. And that's how you can end up really unwell and uh, burnt out, which is not a great place to be in. So let's dive into your story a little bit more. So I know that you have struggled with an eating disorder in the past. What I would love for us to do is kind of go back to when you really became aware of your body and wanting to change that. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess like when, so I was about 12 when I really noticed that um, I was struggling with something, but at the time I didn't realize what it was. Um, it was just something that just started unraveling bit by bit. Um, you know, I just started high school and, um, I don't know, maybe it was like the stress of that and, um, yeah, adapting to a new world. (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, I found myself like, uh, exercising like more than normal. And then it just turned into like skipping, it was simple things like skipping breakfast um and I just thought that was something that I just chose I just chose to do it in my head at the time but eventually it became a a thing and it became a habit and it became a daily um I guess yeah I don't know it just almost yeah yeah um it's actually weird like diving back there because you spend like I was been in recovery for like so long and then you kind of take a step back and you unravel all the layers again and you're just like, whoa, it's yeah. a lot there. <laughs> what always fascinates me is like, say, you know, you, in your experience, you were 12. 
when you started mm. to try to change the way that your body looked? Like what made that thought even pop into your head? Why did you even do um, that? Yeah, uh, it, it's, it came from like at the time, like I had, you know, you know, your young boyfriends and stuff like that. And um, we'd broken up and all of a sudden, like, you know, being in a new school, new people, um, it was something as simple as them saying that I was fat, like after a breakup. And at the time it didn't bother me. Like I was sort of like, oh, like, oh, okay. And then gradually, like, there was a few people saying things here and there and it just started like coming up on conversations more and it was just words that started to slowly sit in my mind a little bit more and I guess that's where maybe my body was like oh maybe if I skip this or don't have that or do this a bit more like that's where the pattern I guess sort of started for me Mm. um because I never like hadn't I did have a little body issue like when I hit puberty because I hit it early and everyone around me wasn't getting boobs and things like that. And it just, I was, and I was sort of a bit, you know, self-conscious. And so I was already kind of hyper aware of my physical body and then having someone highlight, you know, that to me, I guess did something and it went from there. made you even more self-conscious and it's funny Mm. because like it's like you transitioned into more of a woman like you hit puberty so much younger than your peers and it's so normal that when you do that does happen you just your body fat percentage increases because women as opposed to young girls need to be holding more body fat on them right so Mm -hmm. that then had probably already made you feel self-conscious and then you've got People saying comments that are not helpful and you know what can be just a passing comment from somebody for that person. Yeah, and that's actually all they were. Yeah, yeah. It was just, and, you know, it just, it's something that so many people go through when you hit high school and stuff and it just, I didn't realise that I was one of them at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that kind of, as time went on, what sort of did that look like? What how did the, the eating disorder get more destructive? Did what was your life like? What were your thoughts like? Did you find that you kind of um, were isolating or thinking really negative yeah. about yourself? Kind of where did that all go within high school? Um, I was always more of the quieter um, person in school. Like I didn't really, I wasn't involved in bigger crowds. I just sort of kept my own little circle. Um, but I did find myself like almost having two two selves um one that I would give everyone and then the person that I would come back to when I got home and it was when I come home that that's when I would let those sort of thoughts fester into something more um and I'd sit with it and start to believe it um and I guess that's when I started Um, We lived on five acres and at the time I just started doing a couple laps around the property and then all of a sudden it would turn into 10, 12, 14 laps every night Um, and then I'd pretend like I never did it and, you know, I'd have people come like, oh, like why why are you puffed out all the time? And I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I just went for a walk. But I would just, I completely dismissed everything that I was doing at the time and, yeah, like I, I really sort of, retreated in 
to myself mm-hmm. and didn't really sh- I never ever shared it like until mm-hmm. later on in life yeah it sounds like it was really secretive, which is like so normal with eating disorders. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much shame and stigma around it. So like, you know, the behavior that you're doing is somewhat not healthy, but also yeah. it's like, well, I need to be able to trust somebody to tell them how I'm actually yeah. feeling. And when you're young, sometimes you don't even know what you're feeling. Like you said, you didn't really recognize that it was disordered eating or these were habits no. that were unhealthy. It's kind of like, you just have these thoughts and now you're acting on these thoughts. And before you know mm-hmm. it, you've created all of these terrible habits for yourself and you're in mm-hmm. so deep and you didn't expect to be in the position that you're in, but it's kind of like, okay, Definitely well, how do you get yourself out? Yeah. So did you yeah. at this point reach out for help at all? No. <laughs> um, well, in a way, like back then, I think it was when like Tumblr had come out and like I'd spent so much time, like I lived on it and through that, you and I ended up, you know, coming across blogs and people that were going through very similar things, and you found like a comfort in recognizing that okay, these people are going through the same experiences or um, are suffering with anxiety and things like that. And I guess back then I didn't realize how um, detrimental that was going to be to me because it kind of fueled it even more um, and made me feel like okay well this is a normal thing to be going through and it was something that was secretive and kept hidden and you didn't talk about it because it was I don't know wrong yeah at the same time yeah yeah it's almost like you feel like it's a reflection on you as a person Mm. yeah and like in the beginning, it was more just disordered eating and stuff, but then it developed into a full-blown um, eating disorder. And I didn't realise until I was about 18 that, yeah, I developed bulimia and was struggling really, really bad. Um, but even then I was still too afraid to speak out and seek help and I thought that was going to be my life. <laughs> it was really it's really sad looking back at it actually. Um not feeling like I had beautiful people around me at the time that were gonna help and everything they the ones that did know um but I wasn't ready Mm. it was something that I felt safe in and Mm. comforted in Mm. very it was like a protecting coping mechanism for life I suppose (laughs) I was just about to say that for you. It had become a comfort (laughs) to you. And the thing is, is when you, you know, when you attach your identity to something, it becomes a part of you. And so losing that, when you feel like you don't even know who you are, to lose that part of you, it's kind of like, who are you left with? And that's a really hard, hard thing to face. And, you know, I see this so much with our girls around the fear of letting go of things that are no longer serving you. And it's so strange because you know that this thing is no longer serving you. It doesn't need to be an eating disorder. It could be absolutely any habit that you know is damaging. But it is so hard to let go of it. And it it takes a lot of help. So how did you get to the position where you were like, okay, I need to get some help for this and I'm willing to make some changes? Um, Well, at the time, like I had like a very supportive person and, they ended up, we ended up like not then not being in our lives anymore. Um, and I blamed myself because of 
the bulimia. Like I believed that that caused that to be happening kind of thing. Right. Um, and I felt very trapped. So I did spiral down even further into it, um, which made it even harder to get back out of. Um, but it was, I came across, I was at uni one day and I saw a um, like one of those ad study advertisement things in the back of the toilet door and I was like, oh, it's an eating disorder study. And they were doing like um, therapy sessions and I just thought, well, I'll give it a go. <laughs> And just see if it would help because it was something that I didn't know and no one else would know that I was going to it. So, yeah, I did 12 sessions with them and um, we sort of unraveled, like, why I was doing certain things and it came down to, I guess, particular people in my life and how I perceived myself. Um, and, yeah, we just started doing a lot of, like, mindful techniques and um inner child stuff like really getting to the root of like why you were like I retreated into um binging purging um yeah because that was a repetitive thing you know I did it all the time and I just thought it was something yeah I couldn't stop <laughs> yeah so to be where I am now is pretty pretty cool <laughs> It's amazing. It really is amazing. And a, a huge part of your journey was understanding that you touched on the people, some people in your life that were actually exacerbating, I guess, the condition that weren't supportive for whatever reason, unfortunately. Um, and that just adds another layer of complexity into things. So like here you are knowing, okay, I need to start sorting this out. I need to start treating myself better. I need to get some professional help, which is amazing. And then you have people in your life that are trying to bring you back down. How on earth do you manage that? Uh, <laughs> it was it's it's triggering at times because you know you're trying to do the right thing and step out of what you know is safe and comforting, but is also very self-destructive and very unhealthy um and I did find that really hard to manage because you're around these people all the time and you have to deal with um their expectations their assumptions their judgments things like that and I just yeah it's something that you know I still work with every day but um acknowledging it and finally like accepting that that's something that you're just going to have to move forward with as you grow and yeah just it's hard it's it's the mm. toxic people in your life that you can't get rid of and I'm just going to share a story of a client of us who's happy for me to share this story who had mm. a, um, a family member who was a parent who was incredibly <laughs> negative about her body actually just made a tiktok about it today um around <laughs> being um telling her she shouldn't be eating certain foods when she was younger and that she was gaining too much weight and my jaw dropped like what on earth like these harmful comments weren't they weren't even coming from a place of concern it was almost nastiness and it's like in that situation when you've got someone that close to you 
people go just cut those people out of your life. However, how do you do like that? Like it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. How do you do yeah, that exactly. when that's blood? You know, it's much more difficult and it's, it's really difficult and it's about setting boundaries, but also understanding that maybe you can't completely cut that person out, but you need to set up boundaries in your own life and come up with coping mechanisms to, you know, when they say certain things that you remind yourself that that's not true and understand that that person clearly has issues, you know, for whatever reason, yeah. if they're feeling the need to do that to you. That's a reflection yeah. of who they are. Yeah, exactly. It's not actually about you as a person. Um, no. It speaks volumes now, now that you, when you're aware of it, um, you can really recognize certain comments or certain traits that other people have that you feel are directed at you. And at first, your first reaction is to be like, oh, that is reflected at me. It is about me. And that's, that's real. And that's true. But when you sit with it and unravel it again, you're just like, actually, no, that's, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. (laughs) has everything to do with them absolutely everything to do with them so I want to touch on your transformation because it was absolutely incredible and I am beyond proud of you can I just say to all the listeners that Erin is probably one of the most empathetic Mm kind-hearted beautiful souls out there and to see her in a position where she's looking after herself and you're so much kinder to yourself honestly just makes my heart leap so I just want to tell you I'm honestly genuinely like I'm getting emotional but you deserve like everything all the good stuff and um, thank you you're in such a good place now so I'd, I'd love for you to share a little bit about that yeah well um obviously I reached out like to you when was it? Would have been just before Christmas. You were I think. so you it were so, so scared. You were terrified. It was so funny. I knew you were just like, uh, I knew you knew that you had to do it, but you were yeah. petrified. And I was like, as soon as she takes the first step, I know she's safe with me. Like she's safe, but she needs to just take that leap of faith. Yeah. And you did. You I did. knew I knew that it was up to me to be like, hey, you, I'm ready now. Yeah. And please like help me. And I knew you were waiting for me yeah. to be ready and to do it. It was yeah. just biting the bullet and being like, like, excuse my French, but like, fuck it, just do it. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like everything that I was doing, like I was, you know, I'm, I'm recovered now and I've had, you know, I have up and down moments where, you know, stages of things with life and everything where you're sort of like, oh, and then, yeah, you just, you're not sure where you're going with things and you sort of feel like you're like stagnant and my progress isn't changing and I just knew that like I wasn't in a bad place when I came to you but I knew that I could be so much more with your help but I just needed that push and then the guidance to help me get there (laughs) yeah yeah and you know I feel like we totally nailed it (laughs) oh my gosh did we nail it like (laughs) your transformation was incredible. So when you came to us, you had a lot of gut issues. You've had hormonal yeah. issues as well. And then there yeah. was obviously the goal of the aesthetics, right? So weight loss. But I always say this to the girls that come to us that do have those issues. If you don't address those, weight loss is going to be really difficult. And so we were able to really work on your digestion as well as your hormonal health. And then the yeah. rest just fell into place. And the, the beautiful thing was that with all of that, it was your mindset shift. It was the mindset that, no, 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 I'm going to set myself up for long-term success. I need to implement new habits in my life that serve me, that are going to serve me for the long-term. I need to be kinder to myself and actually like myself, which yeah, is what you did. And, and that's when the results yeah. came. 
yeah it's pretty crazy like when I think back at it because like when I started you know I'd gone through all those issues with so I guess stepping back before I came to you like I had all that weight gain with being on contraception and that really you know it did it did stuff with my head quite a lot and you know I'd always suffered from IBS and I think all these things were um not a like just a replica what's the word I'm looking for it's sort of like a repercussion of what I'd yeah like, of, of your eating disorder. eating disorder yes yeah yeah um so losing that weight and then yeah coming to you with the intention of going hey like my goal is weight loss but in my head now it's not, it wasn't in the mindset that I did have it was purely for my health and to feel more me again you know yeah. and I okay. feel like yeah I feel like I've I definitely have gotten there and you know I can only keep keep going keeping on kind of thing you know well you've created new you've created new habits like your previous habits that you just relied on and like the thing is is health is so holistic even when it comes to any kind of like weight loss let's just say like it needs to be holistic if it's not holistic you're not going to sustain those results and that comes down to changing those habits right the way that you even think about food people forget about the psychology of food like the majority of people cannot achieve the goals that they want when it comes to their body because of their relationship with food but we don't want to deal with that because that's the hard stuff we just want to go on the next fad diet and mask and band-aid the real core issue and until you deal with that core issue trust me you will get to your end goal that's easy but the hard bit is actually digging deep and doing the hard work and changing those habits yeah and that isn't a straightforward process like it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of stepping back and sitting with things that you thought you were okay with or you've gotten over and it's it's really uncomfortable and I really struggled with that because it meant that I had to face the things that I didn't think were going to come out in the real world you know like I didn't want people to perceive me as someone that had gone you know through that or had you know dealt with mental health issues in the way that I had done growing up when I had didn't really have that foundation as a child like you know I have a lot of people talk about that and I just I didn't have that growing up but I still ended up going through these things and now here like I just the transformation from I guess being I think back and I'm always thinking back to when I was 18 and then now being 26 it's just a huge shift and I've just found like like I listen to myself now and I'm in tune with myself and I'm always checking in because I'm so hyper aware of everything yeah um and that can be a good and bad thing for me but you know I just it's something that that's it's who I am (laughs) yeah it's a mix between listening to yourself but not letting anxiety drive you because sometimes we can overthink yeah 100% yeah and that balance is hard (laughs) that balance is so difficult and I think we're all learning that all of the time but if the foundation there is that you're wanting to make decisions in your life because you care about yourself and you want the best for yourself then that's really all we need and um Mm -hmm. 
I know how hard you've worked. And like I said, like if anyone deserves the best, it's you. And just so proud of all that you've accomplished. <laughs> it's really been, it's really been such a blessing to be able to guide you and just see your transformation and your change. So well done. Yeah, thank you. And I know this conversation it is really hard because it takes vulnerability to be open and honest and something. Yeah. Um, I think it was Brene Brown in one of her books. Anyone listening, go listen. I listen to her audio books. She does is she incredible. Have a, does she have a um, thing Podcast? on Netflix? Oh, yes, she does. Yes, that is. I think I've seen that. Yeah. It's amazing. She, she talks about shame a lot. And yes, when we that's are, the one. Yes, when we when we're fearful of being vulnerable, it's usually because we still have shame attached to the thing that we're vulnerable about. So we view that thing, and let's just say in your case, it's an eating disorder as a part of you. But when you dis disconnect that, that's no longer a part of you. You have this freedom to be able to be vulnerable about this thing, knowing it's not who you are, and in fact, this thing now is going to help better the life of somebody else, which is truly why we go through stuff you know there's always a silver lining and we want to be able to pass on our hurts and our lessons so that someone else doesn't make the same mistakes as we do but unfortunately sometimes shame holds us back from doing that so I want to say that takes a lot of courage and um, you've obviously disassociated that right you're not that person I was going to say yeah I think shame for me has been the biggest emotion along with like guilt Oh my goodness, the recording had ended, guys. I'm so sorry it cut us off. So that is it from Erin. I just want to say a big thank you to Erin for sharing her story. I know this is going to be super impactful to so many of you. She's honestly amazing. And her transformation with us was just mind-blowing. Honestly, such a huge physical transformation, but also it was that mental change and mental shift that was just really phenomenal and incredibly inspiring as a coach. So, so proud of her and big thank you for her to jumping on. Now, if anyone has taken any kind of value from this, or if you know that someone needs to hear this conversation, please take a screenshot of the podcast, share it onto your stories or share it with a friend. Now, also just a reminder about the 12-week challenge. We don't have long until that kicks off. Remember, if you do sign up before June 22nd, you will get a free nutritional consultation. So I'm going to link all of that within the show notes. My last podcast episode, I go through what's included in the challenge in more detail. So if you're only listening to this now and you have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, go back to last week's podcast episode and give that podcast episode a listen. I go through everything in detail and talk about the incredible 12-week challenge that we have kicking off on the 4th of July which is so exciting all right guys that is it from me i hope you have an incredible day big love coach tash